We're going to look at uh, the last part of this series. My name's Jamie. If you're a guest here, I'm the lead pastor. I get to pastor amongst a great team of leaders and, and pastors here. And so uh, it's an honor to bring the word to you today. Every week, listen, we gather around the word of God. We don't gather around philosophy. We don't gather around religion. We don't, we don't gather around um, theology. Some of you are like, whoa, what do you mean? Uh, theology is the theory of God. We gather around a person named Jesus Christ. He is a man, he's alive, he is God, he is well, and uh, principles are great, philosophies are great, uh, but we gather and we look into the person of Jesus, we look into the power of Jesus, and we believe that he's here, and if he's here, anything can happen, anything can change, uh, whatever you're facing today, you can actually leave out a different person by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're in a series called Made for the Middle. Uh, this will be the last part of that series. And then next week we begin our kind of our Christmas thought, uh, unto us, unto us. And there's a scripture in Isaiah that talks about unto us a child is born. And so we're gonna be looking uh, at the implications of that son, of that child all through Christmas, uh, through the December season. Uh, but today I wanna finish this thought, Made for the Middle. We've been looking at, at just the reality that Jesus was made for the middle and I think we were made for the middle as well. And um, the middle is a very tense place, especially with everything that um, is happening in our planet and, and many uh, things that are going on. It, Jesus uh, hung on a cross in the middle of two thieves, uh, one that began to confess him and believed in him and one that cursed him. And, and he could have got off the cross with all the power of heaven. They actually said, call on the armies of heaven and get off the cross. And he decided not to. Uh, obviously, we know he decided not to, to work full redemption for us. Uh, but other than that, and, and even besides that, he decided not to because there's a tension of being in the middle of one that curses you and one that confesses you. And I think he gave us an example in the divide of our world uh, to hang in the middle of the tension of every party, of every race, of every side, and that we literally are stretched as believers uh, to, to believe and have strong convictions, but to use those in a way that does not kill one another. Does that make sense? to stay in the middle to where we can reach both sides of people, that we need to broaden our focus, excuse me, we need to, to, to narrow our focus on Jesus and broaden our mercy. I think the church a lot of times has narrowed its mercy and broadened its focus. We need to, to narrow our focus on Jesus. Can I, can I tell you something? And, and I know, do you know, and, and please hear me, I've said it over and over throughout this series, Jesus paid for every pain and problem on the planet it's it's all paid for and and the more we fight to find payment the more frustrated we'll be because he is the ultimate payment and the ultimate answer for every pandemic every prejudice every pain every problem and what what i think the problem with the church is is that we don't really believe that I think a lot of times we think that someone else is going to pay it back. But the reality is he paid it all. And if we really got a picture of how bloody and how perfect and how messy and how horrific and how, 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 how bad it really was, we would really know. Because listen to me, we all have a pain in our heart that someone's got to pay for it. We all know someone's got to pay for this. Someone has to pay for the pain on the planet. We all understand that, but we have to realize he paid for it in full. It is finished. And when we bank all of our hope and all of our care and all of our heart into that, things change and we can actually live in the middle. We can actually live in the middle. Uh, and so I'm going to take a little turn today 
uh, from living in the middle that way. And I want to look at the word of God because many of us fight a behavior battle, uh, but, but really it's, it's a belief system battle. And so I want to look at the word of God. And I believe, I want to declare this as we get into it. I believe the word of God was made for the middle of our heart. Not an add-on, not something on the exterior, but the word of God was made for the middle of our heart. And there's a battle to see the word of God get into the middle of our hearts and bring transformation. But it's got to get deep in order to change us. And so we're going to look at the parable of the sower uh, in in the book of Luke. And this is 13, uh, verse 1. It says this, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and a great multitude were gathered together unto him. So he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and they were scorched, because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Verse 18, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he receives seed on the stony places. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word, can I just help you settle something? Tribulation and persecution and disease and sickness and pain are all designed not by God. They're designed by the enemy to steal the word from your life. It's right here. Why? Why? For when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word. Satan hates the word getting into your life, and so he'll do anything and everything he can on the planet to keep the word from getting into your heart. When, it, when those arise because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns as he who hears the word and cares, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Becomes unfruitful. He's not unfruitful from the beginning. He becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. My title for today is simple, The Behavior Battle. The Behavior Battle. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it never changes, but it changes us. Change me today. Change us today, Lord. Have your way. Holy Spirit, thank you for showing us Jesus today so we can become more like him. Jesus, thank you for being our example, for being God in the flesh, for for living and, and, and dying and coming back to life. We look to you today for all we have and all we need. In Jesus' name, amen? amen. The, the behavior battle. Um, I think it's important um, to deal with certain ways of, of behaving, but not by the way you think we need to deal with behavior. A lot of times we're always dealing with external behaviors in our life as, as believers, and um, we think that Christianity, many of you, myself included, many times in my life, think Christianity is behavioral modification. And uh, I had a holly tree years ago, and um, it was just, I, I can't stand holly trees. I don't know about you, but I don't like any tree that pokes me and, and causes pain uh, when I try to, to prune it. And so I'm going to try to deal with this tree, and I would always just uh, be a little bit lazy, and I would just cut the tree off at the, root, at the top of where it was coming up to the ground. I would trim it back, cut it off, and finally I just, I just sawed the thing right off at the top of the ground. Uh, sure enough, 
every year the, the thing began to, to sprout branches and, and, and holly uh, thorns, that, uh, you know, and they, would, and they would just poke me and hurt me. There was by my air unit, so I'd try to get back there where I had a little external antenna on the house. And so whenever I got back there, this thing would just stab me. And I finally, you know, every year I would just cut it off at the surface. And finally I realized one year, I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of this game. I'm tired of cutting this thing. I know what I've got to do. I've got to get some pickaxes out. I've got to get some shovels out. I've got to get some work boots on. And I've got to get nasty. And I've got to get into the soil. And I've got to get it by the root. I've got to get it by the root. And, and here's what we do as believers. So often we try to change our behavior by cutting stuff off at the surface. We think we can just have more self-control. Don't do that. Stop doing that. Quit doing that. Do this. Don't do that. Do. Don't. Do. Don't. Quit. Stop. Quit. Don't. Do. Don't. It's all external behavior modification, and we never deal with the root. Here's the issue. The, the root determines the fruit. So the root in my life determines the fruit of my life. And many times we try to address behavior without addressing our belief system. The belief system is the root. You can write this down. We can't change our behaviors without changing our beliefs. We can't change our behaviors without changing our beliefs. And so sometimes we have belief systems that have been built into us or believed into us or, 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 or we've, we've bought into and we're trying to change an external behavior. The reality is you and I need to get the word. We need to uproot some belief systems and get some different ways we believe out and we need to plant the word of God and the belief system of God's voice into our heart deeply. Does that make sense? And so I think that it's, a, it's important to do so. And Matthew 13 really tells us how to do it. It deals with soil. He deals with four types of soil. And uh, God is talking about really uh, the condition of four types of hearts. And uh, the soil is a picture of a heart. The first soil is a wayside soil. And that's uh, a hard-packed soil. When he says wayside, it's actually hard-packed soil. It's, it's soil that where the fields that were, were, were farmed or planted, they would have these small pathways in between the fields that they would put seed on. And many times when they would sow seed, the small pathway in between the fields is where people would walk and they would trample down the soil and it would be hard-packed or wayside soil. And so some of the seed that got into the field would get over onto that small pathway in between. It wouldn't get under the surface. And Jesus says that literally the enemy or the birds of the field would come and pluck that seed away. What God is saying is that the, the word of God has so much potency and so much power in it. But if it doesn't get under the surface of your life, it has no, no meaning, no power. That, that we can have the word of God and we can read it and read it and read it. And it has all this power. But if it can't penetrate the surface, Satan can easily pluck it from our life. That's the wayside soil. The scripture actually says the person that receives it and doesn't understand it is like one that has it on the wayside. And the word doesn't understand actually doesn't mean like doesn't comprehend. It actually means this. The one that doesn't appreciate it. The person that doesn't appreciate it that it's like one that has it on the surface. Let me give you this example. Growing up, my family would always want to take us as kids to ballets. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Can you, is it an understatement to say a 10-year-old does not appreciate a ballet? It's called torture. It's called pain. It's called hatred. <laughs> It's called dragging me to the, the nutcracker is the one they would want to see every year. There's no sing. It's, it's silent. There's nothing. There's just, I want to hear some words. I need some acting. I need some entertainment. Come on. For any ballerinas or ballet people in here, I don't, what, what, are, what are the guys that are not, that are ballet people that are, they're not ballerinas. I want to be equal in all this. Anyway, 
For any of you that love the ballet, it's just, it's just, I didn't appreciate it. I didn't, I didn't under, so therefore I didn't understand it. So I didn't have my heart open to it. I complained. I didn't like it. It was never, it was wasted on me. Same thing with, with a nice meal. They would love to go out to a nice meal. As a 10 as a year old, a three hour meal is not good. You know, they're like, you're learning finer things. Where you're learning culture. They want to take me to an art museum. Could, I mean, I'm like, ah, five, I mean, at 10 years old, an art museum was not, again, there was no understanding, not because I didn't comprehend it. It was because I didn't appreciate it. And many of us, when, we get, when it comes to the word of God, you're like, well, I just don't understand it. I open the Bible. Well, you just don't appreciate it. You, you, you kind of, we have Bibles everywhere. You've decided like, ah, oh, it's just kind of go here and serve. Like if we began to appreciate it, does it and understand it, what does it understand? It means stand under its authority, actually su- subject myself to its authority, become accountable to what the word of God says. And now all of a sudden we have an understanding. It's not just on the wayside. The wayside soil is where soil had been walked on and hardened. It was still good soil. It had just been hardened. Think, think about this. Some of you have amazing soil. It's just been walked on and hardened. You've been hurt by certain people. I've been hurt by certain people. People walk on stuff. That's what people do. And, and, and the reality is Satan will do everything in his power to keep you hurt and keep you offended so that the soil can never get under the surface, so the seed can never get under the surface of your life. He wants you offended in church. He wants you offended by what she said, by what he said. He wants you offended by religion. And the reality is some of us have been hurt by religion. Some of us have been hurt by people. Some of us have been hurt by pastors. Some of us have been hurt by leaders. Some of us have been hurt by bosses or jobs. And what happens is we, we let that harden the soil of our hearts. Jesus has given us a warning here. Here's what he's saying, that, that you don't let the hurt harden. So, so it's important for you to receive the word of God by not allowing the hurt to harden. Sometimes we can be hurt by hypo- hypocrisy. People, the number one thing people say about churches, well, it's just a bunch of hypocrites. I'm like, welcome to the club. We can use one more. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you know, it's like we're all humans. And, and hypocrisy, hypocrisy isn't saying one thing and doing another. That's called humanity. Hypocrisy is believing one thing and living opposite of that belief system. You know, it's like drinking Pepsi when you're a Coke person. That's full-out hypocrisy. You know know how you go in there like, can I get a Coke? They're like, we have Pepsi products. It's like they have to give a disclaimer, like, I'll take water. I don't know. It's like rooting for Alabama anytime. It's hypocrisy. Anytime. It's like being a stressed-out yoga instructor. (laughs) It's just, yeah, there, there's things that are, you know, but we're humans and, and Jesus is just warning us, don't, don't let the hurt harden because Satan's the one that wants the hurt to harden so the word of God can't get under your heart, can't get deep into your heart. Here, here's how we don't do it. I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts today to apply to this first thought. Number one, application is greater than information. How do you let the word of God get into your heart? Application is greater than information. We're an information-driven culture. You have every bit of information at your fingertips. You can, yell out, you can yell out, hey, Siri, right now, and you can find out anything you want on Google. You can find all the best exercises, all the best diets, all the best financial tips. You know, knowledge is power. No, it's not. Knowledge applied is power. And until you take the information you have and apply it to your life, 
There's no power in it. And so, so information is one thing, but the reality is until we see, until we see application of it and applying that, that information, uh, it's, it has to be applied. Application is greater than information. Listen to me. Information without application equals frustration. I got three teenagers and, and they know their chores. They have all the information of where the garbage goes. They have all the information about what needs to be swept and vacuumed. They have all the information about where the chore list is, all the info. But can I tell you, there's frustration in the house sometimes because there's no application of pick up the bag and carry it to the can. There has to be an application. And so for you, what area in your life are you frustrated when really you just need to apply the info you already have? There's some frustration in our lives. You know, a lot of times it's better not to have the information than to have it and not apply it because we get frustrated. And so you need to maybe look at your heart and your life. I got to look at my life and go, God, okay, where do I need to apply this? How do I need to apply it? And some of you say, well, you know what? I applied it once and it didn't work. I tithed one time and I didn't see God bless me. It's like saying you went to the gym once and never found abs. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, I ate one healthy meal that month and I didn't lose a pound. Like, come on, you got, no, what do you do? You keep going back. You keep sweating. You keep applying. You keep crying. You keep working out. You keep running. You keep eating. You keep doing it even when you don't see results. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when you're doubting that anything is working. I would tell you that with the word of God. Keep applying the word of God. Even when you're doubting anything is working. Even when you don't see anything happening in your life. Keep applying the word. Keep applying it. Keep applying it. Keep applying it. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, trans transformation takes place. Your heart begins to change. and Things begin to move. And you go, wow, I didn't even realize, man. Information doesn't change you. Information applied transforms you. The second soil is the stony soil. It's the shallow soil. Much of Palestine, it had a little bit of soil on top and then right under the surface, a few inches deep was a limestone base. And so things couldn't get rooted in the ground. They would just get this shallow root, but they couldn't actually get deep enough. And then the sun would come out, the Bible says, and it would scorch the, the, the plants or the seeds and, and the seed would bear up quickly, but then die out. It couldn't endure because of the heat. And so what God is telling you and I, and you can write this down, it'll be in your notes on the screen. The word without roots will wither. The word without really deep roots in your life will wither. And so we can get this, this excitement and this word in our life, but without digging deep, without getting deep into our heart, without getting into the middle of our belief system and really getting it down deep and appreciating it and, and letting it get deep in our heart, then it's just gonna wither. This is what Luke 6 says about about a man that builds his house on the surface of the soil versus digging down deep. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house. Look at this next phrase, who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose and the streams beat vehemently against the house and and, and it could not shake it, and it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing was like a man who built his house on the earth. Some, some translations say on the sand. What's the difference? One built on the surface, one dug down deep. You know, it takes time to get deep. It takes, it takes energy and strength to dig into some pain and hurt and rubble and, and different areas of our heart and some habits and some sins and, some pro and actually say, okay, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to get deep. The sun comes out and scorches the, the, the word with no roots. 
It wasn't a sun issue. Listen, the sun scorches all of us. The heat hits everybody. The issue was the internal depth of the seed. The issue was internal, not external. We love to blame everything on external persecutions and external heat and external situations. But Jesus says that it's not about the sun. It hits everybody. There's always going to be a battle for what you believe. There's always going to be an external battle for really what you believe. And so you've got to, and I've got to dig down deep. I mean, am I encouraging anybody today? I hope y'all are with me today. Y'all, y'all with me? Y'all awake today? Let me know you're here. I, I, I just think it's not just this easy, oh, I come to church and I heard the word and now it's fine. No, you've got to dig into this stuff every day of the week. There's a battle for what you and I believe. Satan's just not going to let the word of God and a belief system take root in your heart. And of all times in the planet, we need a root system right now. Of all times that we're facing things in this earth, we need some roots from God's word to get down deep so that the sun and the persecutions and the pain and the trials cannot scorch and only allow us to endure for a moment. We got to endure and it is not easy to fight for your faith. I wanna fight for my faith. I wanna get to the middle of my heart. I wanna fight for my marriage. I wanna dig down deep. Satan doesn't like marriages. I wanna fight for my kids. I wanna fight for you. I wanna fight for our church. I want to dig down deep. Come on, if there's no depth, you'll always doubt God's love in the middle of your pain. You always say, well, why am I going through this? And, and here's, here's the reality. The cross is, is proof that God's promise holds up in pain. We love quick fixes, man. I love quick fixes. It's a fight to dig deep. I, I, want, I love a quick fix. I went to, anybody go to Java Juice? Java Juice people, come on. I, I, I went there a couple years ago and... I ordered, so I looked at all the, you got shots of vitamins and shots of all types of different supplements. I'm looking at the thing and, and I see one title and I was like, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have the Olympian. <laughs> I felt so ridiculous. I couldn't even run a mile in under eight minutes at that time in my life. Like I couldn't swim a mile. I couldn't run a mile. I'm like, I'll have the Olympian, ma'am. You know, like somehow the title helps me relate to the fact that I could maybe be an Olympian one day. I went to get my hair cut after and I had the 24 ounces of Olympian in a cup there. She's like, what'd you order? I'm like, it's the Olympian. You know, the strawberry banana, 24 squirts of lose weight, run faster, jump higher juice. You'll probably see me on, tw- on TV in 24 hours. You know what I mean? It's like ridiculous. We, we want quick fixes. There's, there's, there, we love before and after pictures. Before and after, it's beautiful, but we don't see the pain in the middle, the process of, of going to the gym and sweating and crying and fearing and being intimidated and thinking we can't meet our goals and, and taking two steps forward and three steps back. That's the middle. That's the process of digging deeper and going further and letting the word of God sink down deep into our hearts. Come on, keep on digging. I want to encourage you. Keep on, don't let it stop in shallow soil. Don't, don't let the persecutions and the sun and the heat hinder what God's done in you originally. Just dig a little deeper. Here, here's what's beautiful. If there's an attack on your life right now, if there's heat on your life, if you're feeling sun scorched in your life, it's proof that the word of God is taking root in your life and that the enemy's coming after you to do all he can do to get that uprooted know that God is going to continue to put his seed into the soil of your life. Number three, the third soil, the thorny soil. This is, this is the fun one, the thorny soil. This is soil that, that actually has these weeds underneath the surface. And so what Jesus says is <clears throat> that the word of God 
gets into our heart, actually penetrates the, to the depths of our heart and then begins to put roots in, gets some roots deep enough to get moisture and begin to grow. It begins to get fruitful, but then the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word of God. It blows my mind that, that certain weeds can kill the word. I mean, it says it chokes it out. What's, what's choking something? Taking the breath out. It literally, the cares of the world, the cares that you and I carry <clears throat> day in and day out as humans can literally choke the breath of the spirit out of the word of God. It can take the potency and the power out of the word of God. It can be words on a page. We can read them. They can get into our life. And then somehow cares can begin to just suffocate God's breath out of the power of the word. And so you and I have to figure out how to not allow these weeds that, or in our hearts, listen to me, I wrote it down, it might have been on the screen, certain weeds suffocate the word. And these weeds are under the surface, and here's the thing, this is not condemning, hear me, we all have these in our heart. I'm gonna help you with them. We all, we all have weeds and cares and different things deep in our heart. We all have it, it's human, it's humanity. Like if we didn't have that, we wouldn't be human. And so there's certain things in our heart and it gets tricky, how do we deal with it? Here's, here's how I would encourage you to deal with it. Training is greater than trying. Training is greater than trying. Look at 1 Timothy 4, 7. It says this. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourselves to be godly. Train yourselves to be godly. Training is greater than trying. Training better. Let me say it this way. Training better is greater than trying harder. I ran four miles yesterday. 40, I'm not gonna tell you how long. <clears throat> There's a lot of hills, okay? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that, I'm gonna put that in the front of it. 49 minutes, okay, somebody? 49 minutes. Don't make fun of me, don't at me. Big hills, Trey, okay? And so, so if I looked at you today and said, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna run a marathon tomorrow. I got this, Trey, I can do it. I'm going I'm to try with everything I've got. I am going to run a marathon tomorrow. I'm going to try. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to run harder. I'm going to push myself harder. I'm going to try with everything I got. You know what? I'm going to die tomorrow. <laughs> I haven't trained. Do you know the training that goes into running a marathon? I don't, even, I don't even like to hear about it. They don't even run the full marathon in the training. They're like, I got to my 17-mile training mark. I'm like, a marathon's 26. They're like, yeah, you don't go all the way. You save that for the actual race. I'm like, my God, I'm going to die. You don't even go all the way in the training. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but they train and they pace and they diet and they build up. If anybody run, any marathoners in here, anybody done a marathon? Come on, man. Praise God. Like, you know, the training that goes into that. If you, have you been, have you been training for, you've already done one, right? You've already, if you had to go run one tomorrow, what would happen? Oh, I hate you. We're going. I'm in my car and I'm going to pace you tomorrow. Here we're going to ride. <laughs> You just ruined my whole preaching story. He said, but did you hear the word? Did you hear the word? Probably. Uh-oh. Many of you are living that way with your Christianity. I could probably make it. Thanks for helping me. I could, I could, I could, I could probably be okay with Jesus. I could probably get to heaven. I could probably, and, and there's this, if I just try harder, and many of us are so exhausted in our Christianity 
because we're just trying harder, trying harder. And the Bible says train better. What do I mean by training better? Come to church. Get into the Bible. Get, get, un, get into a small group. Do you, do you know what a small group does to the weed of, of independence? It kills it. Do you know what tithing and, and offerings do to the weed of, of greed? kills it do do you know what getting into the word and and going through freedom and there's just things listen in your yard right now there's weeds everywhere I have weeds all over my yard the key to to getting those out isn't going and picking every single weed some of you are so focused on trying harder and finding every weed in your life and just pick the weeds and get it and get it and in other people's lives and get the weeds and get the weeds and get the weeds you're exhausted because if you want a healthy yard you don't go to pick every weed. You plant good seed. You plant fertilizer. You water it. You bless it. You pray over it if you're me. And I'm like, God, oh, please give me a yard. And what happens? All of a sudden, the good grass begins to choke out the weed. The good grass begins to kill all the weeds and suffocate those things. I just want to encourage you, just continue to train in godliness, getting into the word, coming into the house, getting into connect groups, getting on a serve team. Come on, we need help on serve teams. Our kids' ministry needs help. Some of you say, well, how can we help in this season? We'd love to have some people volunteer in our kids' teams. Our, our, our production team could use some amazing people that could take direction. You don't have to be gadget worthy. You just need to take some direction. Our student, there's all types of teams. Just get plugged in and let the word of God begin to saturate your heart begin to train not try I want to close up with this thought I've got a few minutes left here's what I'm so encouraged by the fourth soil is the good soil there's three soils that are rough to work with and then one soil that is good soil the Bible says and it says that the seed goes onto that soil and bears fruit 30 60 and 100 fold which is evidence that this thing's a process 30, 60, 100, it doesn't happen overnight that actually change and and getting the word into our life is a process. And you know what's amazing? That out of 100% of the seed sown, only 25% fell on good soil. And do you know that that's not a picture of multiple hearts? That's a picture of one heart. That all of our hearts have all those different conditions inside of it. And God is saying that, you know what, that, that persistence is greater than perfection. That I'm a persistent God and I'll keep sowing seed onto your life. I'll keep getting you around people. I'll keep, I'll keep blessing you with my word. Isn't it amazing that God still sows his seed and his powerful word into our heart, even when he knows only a quarter of it's going to take root? Even when he knows a lot of it's going to be wasted, he's saying, God, I am, I am persistent in your life. I'm going to keep working in the soil of your heart. If you're still breathing and still alive, God's still working on you. And that he's not giving up just because you have a soil that's not perfect. Many of you are waiting for perfect soil in every area of your life. And God's going, no, no, no. You don't need perfection. You need persistence. Just keep allowing God to sow the seed onto your heart. I've told you all this before, but my wife always asks me whenever I'm leaving a place, and I'm supposed to be coming home, she'll call me and say, where are you at? And my answer is this, I'm on the way. She'll say, no, 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 but, but I mean, where are you? And I'll say, I'm on the way. She'll say, no, 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 where are you? Because she knows that on the way means I could just be jingling the keys in my pocket as I talk to somebody in a restaurant. She knows that I could be buckling my seatbelt and 
looking at Instagram in my car. She knows that I could be still having a conversation. She knows that on the way means a lot of things. But to me, on the way means I've got it in my heart and in my mind and in my consciousness that I need to change locations. I need to change directions. Somebody's waiting on me. Somebody's believing for me to get somewhere that I'm not perfect. I'm not arrived yet, but I'm on the way, somebody. And God knows with you and I that we are becoming, we are fighting, we are battling, we are struggling, we are believing, we are becoming, we are on the way. So no matter what condition you find your heart in today, no matter where you are, the Word of God is made for the middle of your heart. And it's a battle to get it there. But God is willing to work with every type of soil. Every type of soil. My prayer for you today is this. As I was asking God what I would pray for, He said, pray for individuals that are battling their behavior but know they need to change their beliefs. That they, they know that the behavior has kept coming back. They've cut it off at the surface, but they really need deeper roots in the belief system. And that you might have crowded soil, you might have shallow soil, you might have hard soil, but God's saying, pray for those that would let the Word of God get deeper into their heart today. Come on, pray with me. Father, thank you for being with us in your Word. I hope this helped somebody today, Lord. I, Lord, I know for my own life, there's belief systems I have to dig down and uproot. You said that our weapons are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. That they're mighty to digging up belief systems that are contrary to your, to your blessing. No one looking around, I'm not going to embarrass you or stand you up. But if you'd say, you know what, Pastor, I, I, I've been waiting for perfection, but I just, I just need to be persistent. I, I've doubted that that I could change certain areas of my life and I know I need the Word of God to get deeper and to get some roots in my life. I need, I need, I need a belief system to, to get rooted in my heart in a new way. This, this, this Word's making sense to me. Pray for me so some of my belief systems can change today. Would you just, by hands, would you just say, pray for me, Pastor, if that's anybody in here? Come on, several hands across this room. Father, you know our hearts. Would you just supernaturally help us to have the courage and strength to dig down in this process and uproot certain things that need to be uprooted and replant your word god help us to to train better not just try harder today help us to train ourselves in godliness and in holiness and in in humility and in generosity god help us not to quit applying the information if it didn't work the first time help us to keep applying what we know keep applying your word by the power of the spirit i pray for application to bring transformation today in a new way thank you that we don't have to battle with behavior the rest of our life that you've given us the weapons and the tools to have a belief system to withstand persecution and tribulation and sun-scorched days thank you God that we would not wither because this word would go deep that even as the planet gets darker and some of the days get darker you said that sin would abound but grace would abound all the more thank you for grace god working with the soil of our heart thank you for the grace of your persistence in our life i pray for anyone that was wanting to quit today or give up or maybe the soil was so hard they're like i don't care i can't even hear it i pray today you would penetrate their heart god with the seed of your word if you're in this place and no one looking around just for another minute if you need a fresh start with god Maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I don't know God. I, I, I've not surrendered to Him. The only way to have eternal life and eternal heart change is by surrendering your life to Jesus. The Bible says this, that literally, if you give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start with God. 
And maybe you're here this morning and you know you need a fresh start with God. I don't mean religion. I don't mean rules. I don't mean trying harder, cleaning yourself up. I don't, no, 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 no. I, I mean that you know that you need a fresh start with God and that comes through Jesus Christ. 2,000 plus years ago, a man named Jesus Christ, who was all man and all God, went to a cross and died for all of our sin and all of our failure and all of our mistakes. We can't clean up this planet. We can't clean up our own hearts. Only Jesus can do that. And he took all your sin and shame and mistakes and guilt and nailed it to a tree, came back to life, not for you to be a good person, for you to be an alive person. Come on, God didn't die for you to be good. He died for you to be alive. If you're in this place today and you need a fresh start with God, it's as simple as saying, Jesus, come into the center of my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you forward or make you stand up, but I'm going to ask you to just slip your hand up to me. If you know you need a fresh start with God today, maybe, maybe you grew up in church and you're away from God. Maybe, maybe your, your family knew God and walked with God, but you don't. Maybe today's the day for you. Maybe you've never surrendered your life. I, I don't know what it is, but if, if that's you, I'm going to count to three. And would you just, just slip your hand up if you'd like me to pray for you? I want to pray that you would surrender your life to Jesus.